What up, y'all? Before we get into today's episode with our special guest, Emma Jasper, I was really calculated about making sure that this episode was dropped right before Valentine's Day, because I think Emma's story just partnered with my own belief set that you get to define what Whatever kind of partnership looks like for you, whatever love means to you, and that there isn't this one-size-fits-all model, especially when we're inundated with this like perception of Valentine's Day and what love needs to be. I just want to remind you that you are beautiful and you are valuable and wonderful with whatever version of partnership that you have in your life, even the partnership that you have with yourself. So enjoy today's episode. Um, Emma is amazing. And also, please make sure that you go and visit the show notes to check out some of our sponsors, The Collective Experience and Keen. Both are designed to help you tap in deeper to yourself, get guidance and answers, and even ways to practice self-care so that you can keep showing up as your best, most epic self. So it's a really great, great way. Let me say that again. It's a really great way for you to love up on yourself. All right, so go check those show notes and enjoy today's episode. What up, baby? Welcome, welcome, my trailblazing fam. Welcome to another episode of the Empowered Millennials podcast. I'm your host, Angela Gentile, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I appreciate you guys being part of this community, and I hope you will tap in even more and do your girl a big favor to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and not just five-star review this baby, but also write a little something. It helps in the algorithm world and to unite this tribe of badass trailblazing unicorns. And if you do want to go a little deeper together and work through some of those crazy crossroad moments, um, visit the show notes for ways that you can empower yourself to do epic shit by joining our community with workshops, fitness, empowerment coaching with me, your girl, and it's everything else you need to take action and make brave decisions to live a life you love. Because today we're going to get super real about doing just that. And we're going to do what we do best here, which is be vulnerable, real, raw, and authentic. Because I talk a lot about the expectations that are set forth by society and the picture-perfect happy ending that we've been just sort of thrown and expected to digest without real conversations of like, how realistic is that? And I think what also gets missed and what often gets missed is what happens after the drive off into the sunset moment? You know, it's just like, oh, they live happily ever after. And that's like what we've been taught. And that's what we've been digesting. And what happens when people are truly their flawed and imperfect selves? What happens when the expectation and the reality are polarizing and not possible? Then what? So how can we pull ourselves up together? How can we find joy in the gritty and the messy? And how can we feel worthy and powerful as fuck amidst the messy? So that's what we're going to chat about today, and we're going to bring on a really dope human, Emma Jasper. She is a 34-year-old content creator, social media manager, and writer for brands across the U.S., and before that, she served as the director of content and social media for an international women's health nonprofit. We love that. Or she's more widely known, I think, in this social media world for her platform, The Dilemmas of Emma. After an unexpected divorce turned her life upside down, rocked her world, Emma dove into the medium that felt most comfortable for her, which was social media, to find support and to find a community and to help her heal. This time, though, it wasn't for her clients. It was for her. And the search for friends who could show her life was possible after divorce and heartbreak, she discovered her own main character energy and built an incredible online community full of main characters learning to live their truth. Emma lives outside of DC with her two pups. Yay, we love dog moms. And Emma is just a badass because of her honest vulnerability of where she so candidly shares the reality of heartbreak, infidelity, divorce, while being so damn empowering in all the messiness of life. So it is my honor to welcome her to the show. Emma, what up girl? Yay, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited. I love yeah. it. I love when social media, like, again, I find the dopest people on social media. Like we're out there, the tribe, right? the tribe is out there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And for the first time now, like we don't have to build our communities around who's geographically close to us. 
know what I mean? Like you can find your people online. You can go find your tribe, find your people. I love it. Obviously big social media. I'm, I'm, I also, there's a lot of things that I could talk shit about too. You know what I'm saying? hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, we'll stay in like, yeah, the, the pretty side right now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I think having a community who can support your, when you're going through like the ass kicking of life, because I think we expect mm. that life is all, you know, if you haven't had that moment that has kicked the shit out of you, I hate to be a Debbie Downer here, but like it's coming and, and mm-hmm. it's gonna, it, and it's, and it's just part of life. There's nothing you've done wrong. There's nothing you can do to prevent it. This is just life being fucking life. And yep. if you don't have the supports in place to help you guide you through the messy, then it can feel super lonely. So I think what you've created online is um is fucking dope. It's pretty epic. Yay. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm totally with you. That's exactly why I started sharing online um, yeah. is because I needed I needed people to to show me that it could happen, that I could survive what I was going through, that I was going to make it out and not, not just shrivel up, that this wasn't the end for me. I needed some proof in front of me. And I didn't have that in my real world. I didn't have people yeah. going through my experience in the real world. And so I basically put out like a millennial, like, I don't know, <laughs> SOS. <laughs> and I was on social media. I was like, someone has to help me. Someone has to know. Someone has to give me like, an answer prove to me it's going to be okay like I just I needed it so yeah yeah and I I mean I think I I think what you've been through is like heartbreaking and tragic and I so I don't want to dismiss that but I think what you just said like there weren't any examples because I think we don't talk about like the reality Mm -hmm. of of marriage and 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 when the flaws come out and when people just become their imperfect selves and the longer you're with somebody the more likely that that's going to happen you know what I'm saying so Mm -hmm. if you could share a little bit before we get into like the story um what kind of like you know you've met this guy and you're like oh my god I love him he's the one we're going into marriage like what were your expectations because I think we have to start there like the Barbie dream Mm -hmm. house we're pulling up we're like oh my god marriage is going to be fucking great period the end I'm done right? So Mojo Dojo, I am here. Like I am here. This is my Ken. Yes, absolutely. Um, (laughs) yeah. So I grew up uh, in a family where I have two parents, first of all, who love each other very much. They are still married. That was my expectation of marriage going into it. Um, I really thought that, that I was going to have the happily ever after that. That was it that I had, I had done the work and found the person and in some ways, there was part of me that was like, the hard part's over, right? Like, I got it. Mm. I got my person. And now we're together. And we're going to figure out whatever happens now, like, we will figure it out. And I think for some people, that's true. I think that that can, can be true. Um, but I did not have any resources or awareness about what to do when you're happily ever after is not so happy mm-hmm. or healthy. Um, I really, you know, got, got married and had thought this was going to be it. Um, and then, (laughs) and then it it wasn't. And I, um, I guess when I look back, I think about like the stories I read growing up, fairy tales, you meet your person, your Prince Charming, whatever it is, however cliche that is. No, but it's true. I really do think it's like, that's where it stops. It's like you meet that's someone the and the then the work is done, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like once we have a wedding, we go home. Yeah. We unpack our fucking China and yep. <laughs> like yep. our silverware mm-hmm. and we write thank you notes. And then we just like, where's that? It. Where's that movie? Like, I feel like, you know, Shonda Rhimes needs to come in right now. She, I, it I, would have to be shot because it's not going to be pretty. Who else it's would not it be? Pretty. <laughs> no, or like Reese Witherspoon. Like, do you hear that team? Yes. Someone put this. This is the millennial rally cry, the SOS <laughs> that we need. You know, we because that's yeah. I think what you're saying is so real for a lot of people. And, you know, I'm a little bit farther down the road, just like chronologically. And when I was in my mm-hmm. 20s and 30s, like, that's what I wanted. It was like, get the ring, get married, like do the thing, have the wedding. And yeah. now I'm like, nope. I want partnership. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Partnership. No. I want partnership now. I, and I wanted a family like yeah. that going into it. Like I was ready for the next step after the happily ever after there was some, and it was subconscious. Cause I don't know that I would have put this into words at the time, but I did have that expectation of like, okay, the next thing is, is kids. That that's what's Absolutely. next. You, we buy a house and then we have kids and then 
you know, we'd already adopted the dog together. So like we checked that off the list, little things like that, that I had assumed was life's path for me. Cause that's what I had mm-hmm. seen. Um, yeah. And so then when it wasn't, I didn't mm-hmm. really know what to do. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, how would you, how would you, because these conversations, especially like God bless our boomer parents. Like Mm -hmm. I think even if your parents are an anomaly and like happily married, it doesn't mean that they haven't had their ups and downs, but like, Oh yeah. So many of our, that generation would stay together miserably. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Miserably. So how would you, because I think again, it comes back to that. Like we weren't presented with examples of like what happens in the marriage, what happens in the gritty, what happens Mm -hmm after that. It's just like, you're supposed to do this. And there are so many very, I don't want to say missing pieces, but like gaping chasms Yes, (laughs) in this, in this, like, you know, fantasy that, that we've created to want as women, you know? Yeah. And also I think we've been conditioned on some level. I certainly had that, that how do you know when you're just not trying hard enough? You know, if you make the marriage a commitment, like, to me, like I, I had this thing where I knew things weren't right in the marriage, but it was like, okay, but when, when this happens, then it'll be okay. Or when I can do this, it'll be okay. Um, Mm -hmm. and there's, there's, I think pride and ego tied up in that too, because at no point was I like gonna accept that like, ah, it didn't work, throw on the towel. That just wasn't something that I even saw a reality in it all so for me it was kind of like you're in it and now you're in it that's it (laughs) and you'll figure it out and I I think Mm -hmm. that's an interesting point of view too and especially as women we do a lot of emotional labor we do a lot of that work of (sighs) make it work make it work and make it work and Mm -hmm. there's this like self-sacrifice like struggle and sacrifice and pain is part of love and it's almost like like a, a, a XY chart, right? Like the degree yes. of sacrifice yep. is the degree of love, which I'm not yep. sure if I believe that. I think love of whom, like where does the love of yourself come in when you're dealing I'm with, with you. those? Cause you can't something, carry the team. You're not sole proprietor nope. of a marriage. You can't and you shouldn't. And, and something that I, I think a lot now is love is about compromise, not sacrifice. You can yeah. compromise yourself you know, compromise little things to make things work, but you should not be sacrificing yourself never, never for the sake of someone else or for the sake of a marriage, which becomes like a third person in the relationship, almost its own entity. Um, yeah. So yeah, compromise over sacrifice always. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a very profound place to be, but I know that that's not where you were when we, <laughs> when, when we, when we started. Um yeah. So, so you, you know, you're kind of going, so let's sort of back up a second. Like you're going into this marriage and you're like, yes, I had a kick-ass wedding. It was great. Found a person mm-hmm. like on the agenda is the house and the baby. And then like, that's kind of it, right? Like that's what we yeah. were, that's what we we're doing. So mm-hmm. that's not what happened. Um, mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit about like you're in your marriage and things are kind of, cause you even said it, you're like, I knew things weren't right. What was sort of mm-hmm. going on before you find out, find out about the infidelity and that ultimately led to your, your divorce? So I think that what I, when I look back, what's funny is that if you had asked me in the moment, I could not have verbalized this For hindsight sure. is 2020, but like, I yeah. couldn't have put these pieces together at the time. Um, looking back, I think I had gotten to a place where I was very small. I don't mean physically. I mean, I had shrank all of my power in order to maintain calm and peace in our home. Um, I very much became a shell of a person and I didn't share with anyone outside of my marriage what I was experiencing, the emotions I was feeling, what was going on. I kept everything very... um, close to my chest. And the way that that actually manifested for me is that I was sick all the time. When I say I was sick, sick? physically sick, like I was in the hospital, I was, we're calling ambulances, going to the emergency room. The last year of the marriage was, I mean, I thought I was dying (laughs) to, (laughs) you know, not to be dramatic, but like I was, saw a cardiologist, I saw an allergist, I saw, had all my labs done. No one could find out what was wrong with me. 
and I was having these bouts of just passing out and throwing up and having headaches and and there was no oh my god reason yeah. for it um but actually looking back a lot of that was just internalized stress internalized Absolutely. emotions that were not being processed and and because it didn't feel like it was a safe partnership anymore to process those emotions right um I think that the dynamic, the the power dynamic in the relationship had shifted. Um, And I, like I said earlier, I was just more focused on fixing the thing so that we could get back to what we had at the beginning. Like, Mm. because you know, it's there, you know, it exists. We all have that initial honeymoon phase of the relationship. And so it was just a lot of trying to get back to that. And like you said, you can't do that by yourself. You can't do that as one person. Um, And I also think going back requires you to not acknowledge who you are now in this moment. So it's like completely bypassing the reality of the situation Mm -hmm. and focusing on like the fantasy that we've created versus like, huh, this is what it is now. Does this work now? What do we have to do differently? Do you know what I'm saying? And, Mm -hmm. And although I haven't been in that situation, particularly like I've had my own fucking relationships that have blown up in my face where I have shrunk myself down. And Mm -hmm. I just remember getting into certain fights anytime that I would ask for something or have Mm -hmm. needs and I would get like gaslit and and shit. Mm -hmm. And then what I would do would blame myself for fucking having needs. And then I would Mm -hmm. just like go yet another day, week, month, however, of not having that was that a sort of yep. similar One situation in the dynamic that you were yeah yeah I would say by the end of the relationship honestly I didn't even know what my own needs were you know what I mean yeah. they had been yeah. pushed down for so long and and there's ownership for me in this too like I had just I had just accepted that the way things were was how they were going to be and the only thing I could change in that dynamic was myself so it was just a constant shrinking in some mm-hmm. ways and expanding in others to be the person that I thought that that partner he needed. needed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't anything about me. I mean, I, looking back, like I was okay plotting along career-wise and, and life-wise, but, but I was very much treading water. It wasn't, I was not growing. I was not becoming a better version of myself. I was, I was retracting. I was shrinking. I was compressing emotions Mm. I I just I had stopped stopped having needs met so often that I just stopped recognizing when I had a need and truly became dissociating from from my own needs my own self my own body even just totally detaching because I couldn't get that connection through a partnership anymore and and I, I think I just didn't know how to process that, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Cause that's, that, that is heavy, but, and, and I think your perspective on this, you know, six, eight months out mm-hmm. is very powerful. And I don't, was that the conversation you were having with yourself at the time? Or were you like, what the fuck is, you know what I'm saying? I think for yeah. people who are yep. listening, who may be in a relationship where it's constantly like two mm-hmm. rocks just crashing together could you maybe talk about what that was like in the moment for you and maybe the stories you were telling and the blame that you were putting on yourself just to sort of contextualize what this, what your situation would look like at the time. Sure. For yeah, somebody totally. I mean, for me, it manifested in a lot of different ways. Uh, a common, I would, I would find myself coming back to common core themes of like flaws in myself mm. that were like, okay, if I could just fix this or that or this or that. One of them was that like, I couldn't, I couldn't clean the house enough. You know what I mean? Like I just couldn't organize. I couldn't stay on top of it. It was so hard to, to, I could never anticipate the needs that my partner would have as far as like the organization, the shifting goalposts. I mean, things like that where like you, you think you've got a grip on something and it's like, okay, if I, if I am the person who the dishes never build up. I handle that. It won't happen. But the problem that I kept coming up to is that once that was handled, there was a different problem. 
it yeah, was, it was not about, about the dishes in the sink. Right. Yeah. Right, so like right. constantly shifting goalposts, um, was incredibly difficult. Yeah. Um, cause you must that, feel that, crazy. You must feel you fucking literally crazy. You begin to feel crazy. You begin right. to feel crazy. I, I felt crazy. Truly. I couldn't tell what was up and down anymore. I couldn't mm-hmm. tell what was real anymore. Truthfully. I mean, I had actually called my mom um, a few months before the relationship ended, uh, called her saying, I think I'm autistic. I think I'm autistic and almost accused her of, did you get me tested when I was younger? Like, what signs did you guys see that you ignored? Like, why didn't you take this seriously? And, And bless my mother, she answered in exactly the way that I needed to in the moment, which was just tell me why you feel like that. Um, because if she had said anything like, no, you're not, don't be ridiculous. I would have not opened up about anything else. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, but having, having, I just had so, had so gotten my, my, my sense of reality had become so warped Mm -hmm. that I was like, there must be something wrong with me on, on a much deeper level than just I'm untidy or, or I'm not attentive enough or I'm easily distracted all these things that I was hearing from the partner at the time I was like there must be something bigger going on Mm. there there has to be some disconnect I I am flawed as a human that I can't put these pieces together anymore to to understand why is it so easy for him to see that these are the flaws that I have and why is it so hard for me to recognize that that these are problems for myself because they weren't problems for myself they were from, and they had right, never right. been problems for myself in the past I mean I, I right. none of it was real but like you just are desperately grasping for anything to any kind of thing yeah to, to to anchor you and to be like oh that's why yeah. now I know why and now I can fix it um yeah. I constantly was just searching for why things were not okay anymore why it felt like we couldn't connect and why we were just just not clicking in the same yeah. way um and as a people pleaser and as i don't know if any of your listeners do enneagram i'm an enneagram nine like i am the peacemaker like and i <laughs> i hate conflict and i hate arguments and i internalize everything i'm like it must just be all me yeah which is great when you want to accept ownership but it's not great when it's not you Right. When there's like no when ownership to you. accept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, I, I, I appreciate you saying that because that, that, you know, I think roller coaster of like self-blame and, and deprecation is part of the deference that we learn as millennials to like respect authority, to, to respect men and, and yep. whether it has been said overtly in our life, it is something that I think has been so subliminal and underlined and accepted that mm-hmm. it is almost part of our DNA structure of the way that we just respond to authority, to conflict, especially as women. Cause anytime we, like yep. you said, anytime we stand up for ourselves, we're labeled as crazy. We're incompetent, you know, labeled Aussie. as like, yeah, you have a fucking mental disorder, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's not yeah. assertiveness. It's not, oh shit. I'm so sorry. It, it becomes like a way to deflect accountability. And then what we do yeah. is the emotional labor of absorption, editing, placating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I you know, know. that's an interesting yeah. point too. Like, yeah. I think that that idea that I have always had this and, and you just like verbalize that really well. Like the idea that everyone else knows more than me. I'm yeah. here. Like I am, I've grown up being like, like, this is, in the same way that I saw the marriage and then the house and then the kids, like there's a pattern and a rhythm to things and other people know that. And if I can't get on board with that, it's because there's a flaw with me. It's not totally everyone else can do it. How, why are you right. know, just the assumption that other people know what's right for you. Right. And actually we're just not talking about like all the things that are wrong with all of those assumptions. Yeah. And that's how the patriarchy keeps winning. That's how (laughs) it keeps winning. You know what I mean? That's how it keeps winning. So yeah. Fuck that. Now I'm fired up. Now I'm burnt shit down. Um, (laughs) To all my friends who are out here 
going against the grain, welcome to a world where your busy schedule meets mindful self-care. This is the collective experience. This membership in the collective experience is more than just a learning platform. It's a lifestyle, a community, and a space where knowledge becomes action. Whether you're navigating business challenges or personal growth, the collective experience offers a range of tools from EFT tapping, human design, and astrology to crystal insights and somatic breath work. It's designed for the progressive, highly engaged individual who knows that there is more to life than just work. So immerse yourself in a community where empowerment isn't just a word, it's a way of life. Visit collectiveexperience.co and join us for a month, absolutely free. That's it, absolutely free. Embrace a journey of balance and self-care. So click the link in the show notes to begin your empowering journey with the collective experience. If you are looking for spiritual and psychic guidance, I have an exclusive offer for you from Keen, a trusted network of talented spiritual advisors I've partnered with to help you with your most pressing questions, feel connected to your purpose, and live an empowered and aligned life. I've gotten some really incredible readings that have been spot on about my own alignment and life path, and they've even helped me connect with my dog, Noelle, and guide her through her cancer diagnosis. There are thousands of advisors to choose from, and you can get on-the-spot immediate expert insight with zero commitment. All you have to do is visit trykeen.com backslash empoweredmillennials or use the code empowered millennials and get access to $1 readings. That's right, baby. You get five minutes for just $1. No catch, no commitment, just real personalized guidance. Again, visit trykeen.com backslash empowered millennials or use the code empowered millennials. You can also visit the link in the show notes. Don't miss out on this exclusive opportunity and wisdom to live your best, most epic life. I appreciate you saying this because now like you're, you know, sort of unaware of the dynamic of the relationship. All you know is that you're in a place where you're like fragile, like a shell of yourself, constantly changing and constantly being like a people pleasing chameleon in order to make this marriage work. And you're like still wanting to make this marriage work. Correct. Mm-hmm. At this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Okay. Yeah. So, yep. and then all of a sudden D-Day atomic bomb can you talk a little bit about like what happened and what you feel comfortable sharing and then like how that kind of blew up your life and Mm, yeah that's a great way of saying it (laughs) yeah 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 so um yeah it's for your your earlier point no I was not thinking although this was going on in the marriage I had not put in my head that divorce was an option like it Mm -hmm. just wasn't there. That wasn't something that I was anticipating or seeing. It was just try harder, work harder. We'll get there. Yep. Um, so then on the day that I found out, which was January 30th, 2023, forever be marked in my brain. Um, I, my, uh, ex-husband at the time came to me and he, he told me news that was devastating to our marriage devastating to me as a human, but uh, proved to me that our marriage was was not repairable. It was done. It was broken. Um, and I do remember in that moment, I have a very vivid memory of my whole body going ice cold. Like it felt like someone had taken ice cold water and started at the top of my head and just, I felt it go through my whole body. Mm-hmm. And I had a feeling of I knew it. Yeah. I didn't know it at the time. I could never have verbalized it. But although it was shocking, there was 1% of my brain that was not surprised, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, it does. It kind of, uh, you know, that, that day itself, I do think I went into shock. Yeah. Um, I, I have like some memories of the rest of that day. Um, I am very lucky to have a good relationship with my brothers and I needed to talk to someone who wasn't my mom because it was too close. I needed to some distance. And I remember calling my brother and telling him and saying, what do I do? What do I do? And as I was saying that to him, 
I knew what I had to do. You know what I mean? I needed to talk it through, but I knew for me, that's it. It's done. It's done. Yeah. Um, Did you you feel like, cause you know that I think that like spidey intuition, the spidey sense mm -hmm. that's going off in your head of like, I fucking knew it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost like yep. a validate, like the spark, like that Validation was your is the right word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then it was, was there a sense of relief? Like almost? Yeah. You Honestly. Know? Yes. Um, I think that <laughs> shaped, especially because we had argued that morning about something dumb, something that was not relevant to like what a, he later yeah. told me. Yeah. But a continuation of, of, of what had been going on in the marriage for the last year, two years, right? And so when he finally told me one validation, because I was like, it's not just me. Mm-hmm. I didn't mess this up. Yeah. Like I had been thinking that this was all my fault and it wasn't. And also, how dare you start a dumb fight this morning about something when you knew this information in the back of your head? Like, I'm over here thinking that what you brought up in the fight this morning, the irrelevant stuff is something that I got to take to heart and I have to fix. And little did I know there was so much more going on, such a bigger issue. Mm -hmm. And I had no clue about any of it. And the validation feeling is a hundred percent right. And I, I had a spark of it that day. And it didn't, it didn't last, you know, beyond just a spark, but that spark carried me through to the immediate understanding of no more, no more. Done. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm done. This has been so hard. I don't mm-hmm. recognize myself in the mirror. I don't have dreams anymore. I had stopped writing. I had stopped seeing friends. I had, I was so small. And for what? Mm-hmm. I, g- I gave up everything for you to tell me this? Like, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. So it's I, just like I the most had... ultimate form of betrayal over time. You know, yeah. like you're betraying yourself, he's betraying mm-hmm. you. And then all of a sudden, this like last little Jenga block comes. And then you're just yep. like, yep. 100%. It's almost like this gave you permission in a way mm-hmm. to just you know, because when you're being told, when you're in that situation, you're being gaslit and you're being manipulated. Um, I don't know your ex-husband, but like, yeah. sounds a little, <laughs> sounds a little narcissistic, but I don't know. But yeah. like, you know, we don't know. We're not trying to, yeah. when you're, when you're in that position and you're being blamed all the time and you're like genuinely positioned to doubt yourself, you don't, you can't even, you, you, like you said, you didn't remember having needs. You couldn't even like, what were my needs? I have no agency in myself anymore. So it's almost like when this happens, it was the, that little spark just got a little gasoline on it where it became Mm -hmm. ignited. And you're like, no, I do have fucking permission to take fuck, take fucking back control of my life. Yeah. You know, a hundred percent. And I think the other thing that I remember thinking was this is something that everyone else will see. This Mm. is something, this is something that I I wish that I didn't think that, but unfortunately I did. That like all of the other stuff that was going on. Yeah, yep. None of that was real to me until I got the infidelity news. Mm -hmm. And then that society, I was like, society will see this and they'll know I wasn't crazy and they'll know that this is why the marriage is over like it just gave a a tangibleness to the stuff that have been going on for so long Mm -hmm. everyone else will see this finally everyone's gonna get this yeah and there was it's vindication in that because again I think it's what we you know what we've been saying when you absorb a lot of this and it because the abuse becomes silent and mm-hmm. the labor becomes silent mm-hmm. um, and the behind the scenes is so behind the scenes and the squeaky wheel will always get the grease. So if you're the mm-hmm. fucking one who's having a breakdown and you're the one who's going to the hospital and he's just over there like, oh, I don't yeah. know what happened, right? Like, yep. well, we can't say that anymore because now we actually have 
like, like you said, something tangible, but when all that stuff yeah. becomes silent, you know, we, again, we're just absorbing yeah. all of it, but this is not something that it, it, it generally just puts the ownership back onto the source. That's exactly it. Yeah. It was not me anymore. It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. hundred percent. Oh. That was my, my D-Day. <laughs> my D-Day experience, you know, I mean, so, it, it was hard, but and that sort of like I don't obviously you have and then that's when you took to social media because obviously like having this conversation back in January eight months ago nine months ago yes. would not have been possible so no. I just imagine I don't I don't want to create a picture that's not true but I just imagine you're like sitting in silence like catatonic or mm -hmm. crying in the fetal position on the floor right mm -hmm. like Yep. Why, yeah. And, and yep. And Googling, <laughs> Googling things. I Googled three specific searches that night, the night I found mm -hmm. out one, what does divorce look like? What's the divorce process look like? I have no idea. Um, like mm -hmm. I said, my parents are married. I, I have no clue what this looks like Two, what does life after divorce look like? Wh who, what, how do I do this? <laughs> like, I don't know how do, how, what do I yeah. do? What are all the yeah. steps? Like, there's gotta be a guide, right? Like there has to be like, someone has to have made a guide at this point. Shocking. Yeah. They have like not. a, a lady doesn't exist. A lady's guide to divorce. Like, I don't know. Exactly. It's like an idiot's, yeah. an idiot's guide divorce to divorce. Like, dummies, like, yeah. I don't know. You would think. Know. Um, and then, uh, the last one was, um, on social media, uh, women who've been divorced. And I was desperately, desperately trying to find some accounts or anything from people who weren't trying to sell me anything. They weren't mm -hmm. trying to sell me how to have the great divorce. Because obviously, I, I, I'll be totally honest with you, I didn't have my own bank account. I didn't have anything financially mm -hmm. set up. I had no, no financial independence going into this. So I wasn't going to pay someone for coaching. Um, and I, I wanted someone who wasn't just sharing about their ex and how awful their ex was because I found a lot of that but actually that wasn't interesting to me because I was like yeah yeah, yeah we, we all have that now <laughs> I get it mm -hmm. but you as a person you as the partner to the awful ex how did you do it what yeah. how are you making it um I I think I look online even now and, and there are a ton of accounts, you know, using the narcissist word, uh, accounts that, and it's wonderful. We're becoming more aware about what narcissism is and how narcissists work. But in some ways, I think that's very valid and there's, there's worth in that. But in some ways, I didn't care yeah, who know. my ex was or right. whether he was a narcissist. I needed to know how I, Emma, was going to, get my own phone plan how how was i were we gonna sell the house what's gonna happen with the dogs like i how am i how am i gonna tell my family how am i tell this family like all this stuff i needed that like yeah. i needed someone to be like i did it and i'm here a, a year later and like you can do it too and you don't have to pay me for me to yeah. show you how to get there. Yeah. Um, I think that that's so powerful because like, why are we gatekeeping this information? Because this is what's going to empower women to get out of situations that are unhealthy mm -hmm. and toxic. That's going to help them rise and help them and, before and, they get into a relationship. Right. right if you know right. what to avoid, uh, you know, from people who are coming out of it, I, I think that there's so much, I, I think yeah. I could have learned a lot from people who had shared those experiences before I got married, because yeah. then you know what to look for. Yeah. You're not just looking at a Disney movie being like, here's my happily ever after. That's yeah. my guideline. Like, yeah, I, I think that's think why people value. are like, and you don't want to get married. I was like, nah, mm -mm, I'm good. <laughs> so good. So good. Cause oh, like as the, God. as the best friend, having gone through this multiple times with people, I was yeah. like, nah, what a fucking sack of shit. I don't want to do that. You know? <laughs> But I think you're right. I think it's it's powerful that this information shouldn't be gatekept. It should, you know, and I that's what I think what you're doing is so dope. Just the real raw reality of mm -hmm. coming back home to yourself yeah. and learning to love yourself independently of a relationship and like 
figure out a whole new foundation and figuring out what you now want in partnership. Because again, this is what I started off the beginning with the episode of what do we, we don't ask the questions. We don't ask like, what do I want in partnership? What does that look like? What are my values? What are my non-negotiables? Yeah. What will I tolerate? What will I not? How do I know is too much is too much? And is divorce, like, why does that have to be stigmatized? You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. 100%. And I think that it's, it's, it's a combination of gatekeeping. And also, I think it's really hard to talk about. I think it's just that it's really, I was in a unique situation because I did social media for a living. Not for myself. I was not like an influencer. I didn't have my own accounts, but <laughs> I was <laughs> in that world. Now I have like, a, you know, I actually have a, a platform, but like at the time it was, you know, I had clients who I was doing social media management for. And so for me, the medium was a safe medium in that, yeah. I don't want to say it was a safe medium. It was my only medium. It was familiar. Um, it was just familiar. Yes, it was familiar. And I, but I fully understand. I get tons of messages from women now who are like, I could never share my story online. And like, girl, I get it. It's not for everyone. I don't think we all have to be sharing that, but I do think that we can maybe embrace a little bit more vulnerability, especially on social media that tends to just be a highlight reel to be pretty pictures. Mine was, if you go back and look at my Instagram, like you would not know anything was going on in my marriage. Like Mm -hmm. it was, I portrayed and I didn't even know I was doing it. Like, Mm -hmm. I just was like, well, I'm not going to post the hard stuff. No, you know, I only post the good stuff. Okay. But like humans have nuanced duality. Nothing exists without another. Things don't happen in vacuums. And I think that there is power and vulnerability. And I think we can encourage each other. You don't have to put out specifics. You don't have to do what I do where I'm like crying online. Like (laughs) that happens a lot now, but I do think that if it's not online, it's to your real girlfriend community. Like, this is what's going on. This is what happened. Um, There's a lot of shame and a lot of stigma around all of it. And I think that we, woman to woman, can, can help eliminate some of that by embracing vulnerability. And by when we see other people doing it, being vulnerable, or you have a friend who comes to you, don't tell them like, oh, you'll work it out toxic positivity is a real thing. And I don't think we should be leaning as heavily into that. (laughs) No, no, no. It's perfect. What you're saying is so true. I mean, Brene Brown, the queen has Mm -hmm. said like, when we are vulnerable, we give permission for people to do the same. And there's power and connection in the vulnerability. And if we're talking about building and uniting, like if we really want to build a Barbie land, like this Mm -hmm. is, this is what we have to do. We have to be vulnerable. We have to connect. We have to share our stories and we have to share information to uplift and empower Mm -hmm. other women and and other people. Like this is for anybody. And even the men who listen to this, like these questions and conversations are equally as important to you as it Mm -hmm. is to to women because you're the partners that we're seeking, right? Yep. Yep. You know? And and it goes both ways. I mean, I would be I would be remiss if I didn't say that like my online community now is huge. Uh, I mean, huge for me, but uh has a, a solid portion of men who have been yeah. in the same situation that I've been in. Right. Um, for sure. You know, for sure. going through those relationship dynamics as well. So yeah, 100%. I think that vulnerability is the only way out. I don't know how else things will ever change. No, because that's the reality of life. And I think when we are denying ourselves, like you said, things don't exist in a vacuum. When we're denying ourselves like one aspect of humanity, then we're not living. We're not living yep. on the spectrum because how we experience pain and grief and loss and messy is also, yeah. it's the equal and opposite reaction of how much we're experiencing love and joy and success and happiness. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So if you stay 100%. within a very rigid boundary, then that's all you're going to experience on one end or the other. And to me, I'm like, that's, that's not human. That's not human. Like yeah. open up, have a fucking emotional yard sale and feel it. Yeah. Feel it all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> feel it all. Yes. Yeah. So yeah what are you, you just took a trip, right? So now I want to talk like just briefly, cause I don't, I want to be mindful of your time. What are you doing now? Like after you've, you're, you know, and you're still in it. I don't, I don't want to paint this picture that like, there's a finite, oh, September 1st, I am healed. I think this will always mm-hmm. be an ongoing process of, of grief as it always is. Any loss is never like a finite thing. Um, but how are you gaining back your power and your agency now? What are you doing for yourself? 
I love this question because it has been a journey, like holy moly, a journey. Um, I started saying to myself right at the start, main character energy, main character energy. That's what I got to channel. I got to channel it. And I mean, I have videos from like day two of myself, just saying it to myself over and over on my phone, because I was like, for, I had a very clear realization when I found out what was going on, like oh my gosh, I have not been writing my own story at all. Mm, like everyone mm-hmm. else is writing my story for me. No more, no more of that. I, I, I don't like where I am in life and I never want to get back here. And I am the only person who is going to be able to make that a reality. So like, get it together, Emma. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I have like channeled that main character energy into doing things that scare me, into doing hard things and doing them scared. Um, And that has varied over the last seven, eight months. That has looked very different depending on what phase of healing I'm in. For some times it was just going to therapy. For about a month or two, it was just going to therapy. That was being my main character, showing up every week, not skipping appointments and like committing to doing that work. Then the next phase was, uh, you know, actually getting through the divorce process, like the legal stuff, the hard, gritty, the only way out is through stuff that sucks. It just sucks, but you just have to do it. You got to get through it. Mm -hmm. And then I reached a point about two, three months ago where I decided to make a list of things that sounded fun to me. That I've never done. I love it. And this it so actually much. was sparked <laughs> by this like little list I made when I was nine years old. I oh found it when God. I was moving out of the house. And at that point, it was just things I want to do this summer. And it was like 24, 25 items on the list. They were things like have a sleepover. Um, I don't Which know, go swimming, is, first ride my of all, bike. Having a sleepover should always be on the list. Like right? girl power sleepovers. It, we don't do yes. that enough as adults, for sure. No, absolutely not. And and the list was like full of things that were just, that brought me joy for the, for, for and I didn't need to justify them to anyone, right? Like mm-hmm. this was just a mm-hmm. list of things that made me happy at nine years old. And I was like, you know what? I got to make a 34 year old list. Like I have yes. to do it. I, so I did, I sat down and some of the things on the list were the same, like riding my bike. I have a bike. I just haven't ridden it in three years. I was like, you know, I, why am I not riding a bike? I, I we don't change love doing that. We're, right. You know, we're I think same. we all got to We all got to get closer to the essence of who we were when we were, were kids. I say this all the time. Like, I think my most badass self was my 15 year old self. Like, get back to her. I want to go back to her because she was yeah. fucking cool. She was really cool. <laughs> Before the world you started know? telling you that what you, you wanted or needed was trivial. Or, you know, it wasn't working towards an end goal. Well, guess what? I worked towards an end goal and it blew up in my face. So like, here we go. Let's do the stuff that feels good Um, or the stuff that doesn't feel good, but that feels important. And part of that was so traveling by myself. I'd never traveled by myself, never gone on vacation by myself. Um, If you had told me a year ago that I was going to go on vacation by myself, I'd be like, that sounds awful. Why would I want to do that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, it was amazing. Like, girl, I, I, I booked my flights and I didn't ask permission for any of it. Like, yeah. I'm so used to, and if it wasn't, you know, my, my partner at the time, it would have been my parents. I think that's just always been my dynamic of like waiting for permission to do things. And mm-hmm. now it's just me. And so I just booked flights and I went to Disney World by myself. <laughs> like, who does I love that? This. It was so fun. It was just fun and and it was hard and there were lonely moments and yes I was anxious and I won't I won't say that it was all wonderful but doing things like that I'm proving to myself day in day out that I can freaking do things I'm not incapable yeah you can do hard things and you can do things that don't even feel like they should be hard but for some setting up a phone plan for me I've never been on my own phone line before felt ridiculously overwhelming, but I did it. And now I've done it. And and I know that's so silly and it's things that other people I'm sure have been doing for years by themselves, but little things like that 
car insurance for myself, all of these things that I, I'm doing now for myself, I am so much more invested in my future now because I'm the one investing in it. You know what I mean? Like I'm ready to see where I'm going to go. Yeah. Because I don't have anyone telling me I can't go somewhere. Yeah. And yeah, so main character energy, channeling the main character energy has just been a journey and it's been so fulfilling. I love it. I'm like lighting up and beaming just hearing you like (laughs) be in your agency, you know, just Mm -hmm. like, like I like want a big sister hug you right now. You know what I mean? Just being in your agency and having that power to be like, I, and I, to me, that's what it is. I do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, You're in the driver's seat of your life. Like you are the main character. Like, what are we asking permission for to like, even if you're in a relationship, it's, is it permission or is it just like, I'm letting you in on how this is going to go and we can problem solve together, but I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to wait for anybody to tell me yes or no about something I want to fucking do. And that's compromise over sacrifice. That's exactly it. Like we can figure out a way to do this together, but I am not going to not do something because it's not convenient for you. Right. I think that that is that's exactly it. And I, I don't know if I'm ever going to get married again, truly. But I do know that partnership wise in the future, I have a whole different set of, I don't even know that I had a list before, honestly, actually, now that I'm saying this, I didn't have a list of requirements for my partner. Um, But I have, I'll be damned if I don't have it now. Like, and they are so different than what they used to be. Yeah. Um, well, because you're different, because again, like the, the depth that you've met yourself, you can now require that in your partner. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't, yep. I mean, personally, I wasn't in partnership. I wasn't asking for like safety, security, justice, and fairness. Like I, like those mm-hmm. were part of my vocabulary when I got into my yep. first relationship at 20 years old. I'm like, he wears a watch and has air maxes. Yeah. That's and that was like, literally like the lit, like that was it. That all, yep. that was all it took for me to like have sex with you. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. That was it. I mean, that's so real. Like, why do we yeah. have, I think when I think about like building a Barbie world, I actually, I love that. Like imagine little girls being raised and coming up in a world where it's like, no, 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 no. It's, I can invite someone into my energy and my space, but no one is owed that. No yeah. one just gets access to me. I did not yeah. have those boundaries growing up. Same. Like I just didn't, I didn't understand that well, I was. Well, how would you, it. how would you, you know? And I'm like, I'm, I feel that. I feel that on such a deep level. And I know the people who are listening to this also feel that. I think that's part of our conditioning. And I think that's mm-hmm. what makes our millennial age bracket the one that's like pitchfork in our way. Heck yes. Shit. Yeah, yes. because we're like, fuck that. Imagine if we had, imagine if our mothers were like, God bless them. I'm not blaming anybody, but imagine if they were having this conversation, how that trajectory of our lives and the, and I think the trajectory of the world would have been if we were just in on this boat a little sooner and it doesn't matter all that's irrelevant, but we are now. And I think that's what matters and that's, what's powerful. And people listening to this conversation, if you know, you do decide to have children or if you mentor the shit out of everybody through your platform, whatever it is, we're getting this message that like you come first and like you get to decide who's in your life, who's in your energy, who's in your world and who isn't and when it's over. And that's it. That's it. You get to write your own story. Yes. Yes. Main character energy. I feel like that might be the title of the show. I got to figure that out. I got to figure that out. (laughs) All right, Emma, thank you so much for being here and and being so vulnerable and and honest with your story and how you got to be here on this like magical glow up that you're in right now. And I love it. I love it. Thank you for Um, having me. Of course. Of course. So we're going to wrap up with um, everybody's favorite game. It's called How Millennial Are You? Okay. And I'm going to ask you a series of three questions on millennial trivia that are clearly super important and the points matter and everything's real. Okay. Good. Good. Yep. Cool. Mm -hmm. Cool. Let's take this real. Take a breath. Everyone gets nervous here, but I fucking love trivia. So I'm like, let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Stretch it out. Face plant. Let's do this. (laughs) Bring it on. Let's Let's go. Okay. So question one, they will get progressively harder as we go. Okay. All right. Good, good. What links 
these clues together. Okay. Troy, Gabriella, Sharpay. High school musical. Boom. Question one. Done. Right? Crushed it. Done. Yeah. Heck yeah. Done. Yeah, I don't know. Did I skip work when the movie came out to like watch the premiere on Disney Channel? I did. Yeah, I did. Amazing. Amazing. Were you like a Zac Efron fan, Stand for Life? Like, was that? You know, maybe I, you know, <laughs> you know what? Actually, the older he gets, the more I'm like, yes, Zac. Yes. You, you yeah. have aged like a fine wine. So, yeah. 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 Not so many. So many. Listen, I love me a little gray stubble in the beard now, mm. but that's. Mm -hmm. Sign me up. Anybody <laughs> listening, sign me up. Thanks. Okay. Um, with equity, with justice, with fairness, with safety, all of that. All of that. Okay, great. Question number two. It is colorist 2000. So the answer is a color. Okay. What color was Cosmo's hair in the fairy odd parents cartoon? Oh, the light bulb's on. The light bulb's on. Well, it wasn't purple. Final answer? Oh, green? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. I can see them in my head. <laughs> oh, no. Was it purple? No. What was it? Green. You were right. You were oh, right. Oh, dang it. It was green. Yes. <laughs> it was green. Uh, I have, I think I was like already in college when this show was out. So like, I didn't watch it. But I like totally agreed. did and I was too old to watch it so no yeah. that's fine it's totally I fine. feel like the partner it was Cosmos and then the other fair, fairly odd parent like they had it was the two of them and then the other one I'm gonna have to start I've, watching it again I've I know what they look like they're like these black and white faces kind of like bug looking things right I don't yeah. but I've never seen a show on this okay we gotta so. okay that's on the agenda right, I gotta to get the hit. list Add I gotta to get hit Slumber party <laughs> and fairy odd parents is what I'm adding to my list this month. Okay. <clears throat> Final question. Which famous TV writer wrote the script to the Britney Spears film Crossroads? Do you want Shonda me? Rhimes? Boom. I didn't even need to give it you was, a right? option. It was Shonda Rhimes. Yep. And that is shocking information. I think it's really good that you're putting that out there because who would have thought? Who would have thought? God, Shonda, if movie. you listen to this, could you please just check in on Brittany? Could please, you just, someone, anyone like someone, check in on her? Anyone, like, I don't, I'm scared. And we love her and like, I want to be friends with her. Like, I just want to hold her. Look, as millennial women, like I feel a sense of responsibility for how <laughs> her life went like in a big way, right? Like we totally. all saw everything and no one stepped in. So like now totally. we, we all do. know better and- we do. Yeah. And like, I was part of the problem and I chose Justin Timberlake over Britney Spears. Like, fuck you, older Angela. Like, come on, girl. Like now I you bought know. magazines with the covers. Like I did it. I fed yeah. into the problem. Mm -hmm. And now I would like to be part of the solution. Brittany, reach out. We can be best friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like an in-sync reunion, but Justin doesn't need to be there. JC all day. I heard it's happening. I'm for it. Let's go. Me too. <laughs> Let's Me too. Go. My in. little millennial heart can't handle it. <laughs> can't handle it. Um, okay, my friend. So one final question then, and then you can tell people like where they can find you. Um, you kind of answered it already, but I think here it is. What does it mean to you to be an empowered millennial? Mm. An empowered millennial. Totally putting to you me, on the spot. <laughs> no, you know what? It just, it means to have full autonomy over your physical, mental, emotional self and write your own story. That's it. There it is. There yeah. it is. I love that. I love that. Main character. All right, energy. my friend. Main, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so where can people find you? Where can they reach out and where can they watch your journey? Yes. So um, come find me on Instagram at the dilemmas of Emma. Uh, we have a great community there. We have a wonderful community there. Honestly, it's supportive. It's loving. And it's exactly what I needed when I started sharing online. Um, so come, come on over there. I'm also on TikTok, the same uh, platform. You can watch me do dumb videos over there. <laughs> and uh, honestly, like that's come come hang out. Like Instagram's my space. It's a safe space. I try to respond to as many messages as I can, and 
I, I would love to have anyone and everyone come feel safe in that virtual space. I love that. I love that. All right, Emma, thank you so, so much for being here, for sharing. Um, and I'm just so honored to have connected with you on the, on the social media. Um, so y'all make sure you follow Emma. I'll put all of this information in the show notes. Um, and she is just a total fucking badass and a, a delight of a human. So Emma, thank you so much. (laughs) Everybody. Thank you for having me. Of course, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always go be epic.